Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey there, and a good morning at you. January 29 is the, uh, is the date. Oh, God, we're heading into that time with what? The damn groundhog. Ugh, I hate that. One of my greatest accomplishments as a reporter here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, for so many years is that I managed to always avoid having to be Bill Murray, essentially, in Groundhog Day, having to be the reporter (laughs) who has to go up and watch that absurd display. Anyway, uh, I'm not going to talk about the impeachment stuff today, but I would uh, remind you that if you've been uh, eschewing the... uh, the trial for the last few days. Today is different in that this is the day that questions will be asked um, via John Roberts. Um, very controlled environment, but it certainly does shake things up a bit. So there'll be, I think, maybe a little more interest, uh, something a, a little bit uh, different. Just, just saying. And that, of course, starts at 1 o'clock uh, today. Um, oh, also a heads up, sorry, let me get some uh, house cleaning out of the way here, heads up uh, about things that are going on that you may find of interest. Um, I, yes, a few days ago while walking uh, my dog, I encountered um, uh, a young woman and um, we began talking and she I asked her where she was from. She said she was new to Pittsburgh. And my gosh, what a litany followed that question. She said, well, uh, I came from Memphis, but before that was uh, San Francisco. And then I forget there was another one. And then, um, but I'm originally from England. And I I mean, she's (laughs) thinking, whoa, The, the word, and I never, I'm sure I'm pronouncing it right or have it right, peripatetic. Is that a word? Uh, someone who's traveling a lot uh, occurred to me. Uh, I bit my lip and didn't say it, but um, I asked her if she was enjoying it, and one of the things she said was that she found it uh, uh, something akin to livable and that it had so much to offer culturally. And I was thinking that so often those of us who are here um, – don't take advantage of uh, all the things that are here. Uh, if you were somebody who uh, has trouble sitting home, Pittsburgh would be a good place to be because there's there's stuff happening every every night and day. And I just wanted to just for for instance point you to something because uh, I'm a supporter of the August Wilson Center as is City Paper. I wanted to tell you about uh, um, someone who will be there uh, Monday, February 3rd at 7. I have two of his books in my uh, house, and uh, undoubtedly you will know the name of uh, Dr. Michael Eric Dyson. Uh, He is, I mean, I guess the... The book most people know him by is uh, Tears We Cannot Stop, and uh, 
His latest book is What Truth Sounds Like. This is a guy with a prodigious brain. He is a uh, New York Times contributing opinion writer. Uh, he also writes for the New Republic. Um, he's authored a million books. <laughs> I exaggerate only slightly. And he is a professor at Georgetown University uh, in sociology. So uh, he's generally considered, uh, you know, a, a great American intellectual and thinker. And uh, this is part of their Truth Sayers um, uh, programming. And so that is at uh, 7 on Monday night. I'm just, I want to let you know that. And that would be better than watching CNN or MSNBC or some other program. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't think it's free, but check out the August Wilson website. And we'll have a link, I think, on our Facebook page as well. Um, and if you follow me on Twitter, I tweeted something out. Uh, we have a caller already? I didn't even start. Hello? Hi, uh, Lynn. Sissy Y. Liberal here. How are you? Oh, I saw you sent me an article about the loathsome Alan Dershowitz. Yeah, well, the funny thing about that is, and by the way, the very first thing I jotted down for like these little things to talk about was Michael Eric Dyson, if you could believe that. He probably is the most impressive orator slash wordsmith I've, I've ever seen, quite frankly. I mean, he if I was lived in Pittsburgh, I would be there. Is what I would yes, say. well, thank you for but, that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, but yeah, when it comes to Dershowitz, I, I always remember the days um, when your brother was on your show and <laughs> how much your brother really loathed Dershowitz. He and I, couldn't stand I him. Little, he couldn't stand him. And it's no. like, wow, your brother really he knew something, right? I mean, obviously. So yeah, that piece by Josh Marshall I thought was okay. I haven't, wonderful. I haven't read it yet. And yeah. I do want to say in regard to my brother, um, his uh, dislike of Dershowitz was not like uh, my dislike of Dershowitz as a public figure. My brother was a visiting uh, professor in Harvard Law School and where Dershowitz was teaching. This is some time ago, and um, so he knew him as a colleague and a faculty member, and man, he didn't like him. Just saying. Well, his dislike was founded in intellectual dishonesty, I guess, right, on the part yeah. of Dershowitz? Yes. Um, yeah, that might be a little too strong, but, but you get where I'm going with that. But right. yeah, but in, in um, another fun thing, family-related to you, um, Teddy Roosevelt, when he, believe it or not, was, was uh, leading the men up San Juan Hill um, with the Rough Riders. He said, hasten along, boys, like that, to get his guys. And it made me think of your dad um, with, on your marks, get set, get men. <laughs> Oh, I thought it was funny. <laughs> I remember that. It's like, boom, it just that thought popped into my head right away. Oh, that's... Of course, they were, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a, it, they're making fun of Roosevelt and his, you know, um, uh, you know, higher education and, and communicating with these fellows. Uh, yeah, and yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, maybe think you're It did, and for those who don't know, my father once starting a, uh, a race with little, with, me and my girlfriends said, get ready, get set. And then there was this pause where he clearly couldn't think of the, you know, he didn't 
He never talked in two-letter words. <laughs> you know, he just didn't use them. And he said, uh, commence, uh, much to my horror. Get no, ready. no, that, that, see, they, those are both neat family histories of yours right there. Yeah. yeah I thought that would be a cool way to start. <laughs> but, um, and real quick on, um, you know, the impeachment, just three quickies. I, I just think the, I don't really like Claire McCaskill very much. I kind of cringe every time she opens her mouth. But she pointed something out pretty nice. I think yesterday in that this idea of trading witnesses, the Republicans don't need to trade squat. That's right. They could have investigated Biden at any point, and they can still do it now if they want to. They've got 51, you know, 53 votes or whatever. You're absolutely right. right. Yes. Right. So so there's such chicanery taking place there. Um, The obvious question I think most Republicans are going to have is how awesome is Donald Trump, right? Let's get that one out of the way. And then I suggest that, you know, uh, if the odds go against the president, he's convicted, the very first thing he's going to do is find out he's going to be talking about appealing. And of course, there's no appeal, but he's that dumb. I mean, it's as yes. simple as that. So right. I just wanted to right. get those things out of the way. But relating somewhat to Trump and the way Adults can criticize or not criticize or not criticize somebody that they respect, you know, and I'm talking about Trump supporters. I saw a really good documentary on um, HBO about 50 children. I don't know if you've ever heard this. It's about a family in Philadelphia, uh, Gilbert and Eleanor Krauss, who basically were trying to rescue 50 Jewish refugees prior to the start of World War II, and they, and they pulled it off. And how people like you and I can look back at presidents that we probably admired and still find fault with them. Oh, yeah. And how it, it, it is this – is, this is why – the Republican Party is, I think, the mess that it is today in, in that there's legitimate criticism of every president anywhere. And, and that includes Barack, especially including Barack Obama. I'd argue that he campaigned one way and governed yet another. But the really sad part about that is that the legitimate criticism of Barack Obama or any other pre- past Democratic president has mostly come from Democrats these days. That's true. Crazy, maniacal, lunacy criticism comes from Republicans, and that's where that's how you end up with somebody like Donald Trump. I would suggest in that they've forgotten how to. Never mind the general incivil behavior of Trump, um, which which you know is is pretty bad, but just policy considerations and international relation considerations and, and just the, the normal trappings of the presidency just are just completely missing and absent from what takes place with this guy. But again, getting back to this documentary, I just thought, you know, FDR was a something of a hero of Jewish Americans at the time. He was, he, but he still was politically somewhat afraid of the Jewish re- refugee question, and what this family, what, what the what the Krauss family did, and it's chronicled by Eleanor's diary, and you know what what a luck of history to be named Eleanor in that era, right? I guess yeah, Eleanor Krauss. But uh, she 
she uh, you know, pointed out all the difficulties along the way that many Jewish leaders in the United States and in the Philadelphia community personally lobbied this, this, this uh, business attorney, Gilbert Krause, do not do this. Do not go after these children. It's going to create more problems than you'll solve. Right. You know, at the end of the day, you're not going to win uh, That's right. the, the freedom of these these kids and, and and it just went on and on and it just it's but that doesn't excuse fdr i think in, on this question in that it was a major failing of his presidency and i remember um the former head of the aclu uh, whose name's escaping me now but pointing out that anytime we've had civil rights violations or or we've done something in this country where we didn't stand up for the right thing in regard to civil rights or moral courage, you know, to, to, besides this with FDR, so certainly Japanese-American internment would, would qualify as one of those things. We always look bad and know that the apology, the apology never comes close to making up for the wrong that was committed by us. And, um, you know, how, how does that translate to today? I mean, there's, there's a host of, of items we could right. go, go on where right. that's concerned. But... Um, yeah, so I just—it's been a while since I checked in with you, so I just figured I'd call. I don't want to. Uh, well, that's what. It's good to hear you. Yeah. At, it's great to hear you, and I, um, I really appreciate every everything you you shared, and um, I appreciate you actually uh, mentioning this documentary, which I haven't seen, and now will will seek out. And actually, I'm seeing that there's a book that was written about it after the documentary, and apparently the book was pretty well done, so that might be something. But yeah, you want to check that out if you can. Thank you so much. Uh, Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. That is uh, Sissy White Liberal, a mainstay caller of my radio career who used to live here and uh, also is a very close friend of Clarence in Cannonsburg. Um, Nice to hear from him. Uh, all right, not sure where to go from there. I could go in one direction since he brought up uh, this Jewish thing because one of you, Chris, sent me this poll and I had not seen this, but it's unsettling. Uh, it's a poll taken by the Anti-Defamation League, whose business this kind of polling is, and uh, they're they're always trying to keep a you know track of uh, anti-Semitism. Uh, you know, is it growing? Uh, what form is it taking? And uh, a recent poll, they discovered that 61 percent, so approaching two thirds of Americans when asked a series of questions, uh, uh, statements about Jews, you know, do you believe Jews, blah, 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 do you believe Jews, blah, 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 blah. Um, 61% of Americans agree with at least one statement that typifies the stereotyping of, of Jews. 61% buy into at least one, and one's really enough <laughs> to poison things. Um, some of the statements they had were Jews, and I've mentioned this one to you, Jews still talk too much about what happened to them in the Holocaust. 
And I have often prefaced uh, something I'm going to say uh, that relates to the Holocaust by saying I'm loath to say this because I know, I know this to be true, that you don't want to hear it. Oh, you too. So I'm aware of that. Um, I would think a lot of people might have answered yes to that. And also, here's another one. Jews are more willing than others to use shady practices to get what they want. You mean like Donald Trump? I didn't know he was a Jew. Uh, I would answer that question, yes, with Donald Trump is more willing than others to use shady practices. But that canard about Jews is, I mean, it's just constant. It's like any of these statements. So you can separate, you know, blacks, Jews, Irish, Muslims. Anytime you buy into these uh, blanket statements, uh, you're, you're being, one, intellectually lazy, and uh, two, potentially uh, part of something that can end really badly. Okay. I'm just saying that, and I, well, I will go there, because I also encountered a, a, a very interesting piece about Bernie Sanders um, in regard to, and I, I have said this, too, for years, America will not elect a Jew who's a socialist. They will not elect. It feeds in to too many anti-Semitic tropes that people carry in their, in their heads. And I thought this article was really interesting because it's something that hasn't been talked about um, very much. Again, I think people are loath to bring these kinds of things up. Oh, yeah, right, Jews, Jews, Jews. But if he were to be, and I can assure you this is true, if he were to be, especially in these times of growing anti-Semitism, the uh, democratic standard bearer, uh, it's going to be ugly on the anti-Semitic front. And this is written by a Jew who, whose specialty is race and Jewish identity. And um, her name is uh, April Rosenblum. Uh, and she says the attack that Sanders, if he becomes, uh, if he gets up to that position, the kind of attacks that he will face in a general election, I mean, you can't, first of all, his age, second of all, his um, embrace of uh, communists uh, throughout his history and all that, all this stuff that for many Americans is like, ah! But the thing is, there is this belief throughout the globe when people say, you know, Jews, the Jews, the Jews, the Jews are always blamed for any mass changes or movements. They're blamed for starting wars. It doesn't matter if they have no real political control. Somehow they manage to do it. 
Um, and when in 1917 the Tsar in Russia was uh, toppled and the Russian Revolution began in earnest, the people, the white Russians, that's what they were called, the white Russians, who were opposed to the revolution, uh, fell back on one of the most powerful tropes uh, that had always worked in uh, the Russian Empire, and that is anti-Semitism. It is from Russia that we get the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, the book that will not die, that is just filled with outrageous lies about Jews controlling the world. And so the belief that communism was and is a Jewish plot has been in the history books since the beginning of the last century. Uh, even Winston Churchill bought into it. I mean, to know history is to know what we'll see if Bernie Sanders is the Democratic standard uh, bearer. Uh, major British politicians uh, blamed, uh, here's a quote, a seething mass of Jewish pauperdom for the Russian Revolution, and even went on to say that the Tsar was killed by Jews as an act of ritual murder. Another old canard, that Jews kill Christian babies because they need their blood to make matzah. People believe this and have believed it, and Jews have died for this for years and years. I'm sorry for those of you who's sick and tired of hearing this, but we are coming into a period where all of this could be starting up again. Um, the facts, as usual, don't matter. Most Bolsheviks were not Jewish, and most Jews were not Bolsheviks. But there were, yes, Jewish Bolsheviks. And uh, this idea of the Jewish Bolshevik, as, as she writes in here, travels well. It travels to the U.S., it travels to South America, it travels to all over the place. This idea of the Jew as a corrupting conspiratorial force behind all the evil and scary stuff that's going on in the world. Um, and the trope of the Jewish uh, kami uh, never was much divorced from all those other things about Jews um, poisoning wells, <laughs> Jew, Jewish bankers, Jews plotting the end of Western civilization, blah, 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 blah. Um, Winston Churchill, in a speech in 1920, contrasted good Jews with international Jews. These are his words. Winston Churchill. Instern international Jews who were plotting to bring about impossible equality 
through a worldwide conspiracy for the overthrow of civilization. He went on to say that these scheming international Jews had been the mainspring of every subversive movement of the 19th century. Um, in the United States, with McCarthyism, the Red Scare, the Cold War, where we were fighting these commies, being a commie um, it has never been a good idea. <laughs> well, you've certainly been. And to think that that's still not very much part and parcel of, um, of this country's blood and bone. Um, I, if you read this article, there's stuff in it that is just mind-blowing. Uh, American State Department officials reporting to Congress that the Jews who were trying to get into the United States uh, found Russian and Polish Jews of the usual ghetto type filthy, un-American, and often dangerous in their habits. Uh, the majority of these people belong to the undesirable classes uh, from whom the present type of uh, political and labor agitators are drawn. Uh, and using that Jew hate, the immigration laws were changed so that Jews couldn't get in, which is, I'm sure, why this uh, documentary that um, Sissy White Liberal uh, referred to, uh, where Jews were actually saying, no, 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 don't do this. You'll only make more trouble uh, for us. Senator James Heflin of Alabama warning of a dangerous and despised element which secretly, even openly, seeks to overthrow uh, America. You either protect the United States or allow it to become a dumping ground, these are the senator's words, for the scum of the old world. So when Jews were desperately trying to flee in the 30s, uh, Germany, the United States refused them entry, sent boatloads away. People would come, desperate people, running for their lives, were sent back to death. So some of the blood of, uh, of those killed uh, in the Holocaust is uh, on American hands. Uh, but back to Bernie. If there is, I'm going to quote her article, if there is a Jewish candidate come November, even one very different from Sanders, such as New York billionaire Mike Bloomberg. Man, that'll kick off the Jewish anti-Semitic tropes, too. So you got, on one hand, the potential of a Jewish commie, Bernie, or a Jew billionaire, New York. Actually, both sounding New York. Um... 
that is going to create, because these tropes are out there, they will blow up. Um, strangely, she says when you have these kinds of tropes about the Latinos, the Mexican immigrants, uh, black people, uh, whatever, generally speaking, uh, bigots and haters uh, paint these people as culturally inferior, as morally flawed, as, uh, you know, uneducated vermin, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but anti-Semitism is different, she says, because it is based on inflating the Jews' imagined power. That's where the hate is, that somehow Jews have power. And thus are never sympathetic figures, ever. Jews, the ultimate mastermind. So she says, what might this look like in a general election? Well, anti-Semites might not openly name Jews as the enemy. They might more subtly urge voters to fight back against, like, George Soros and the globalists or international bankers. All of those are dog whistles for Jew, Jew, Jew. Or they might get more specific and uh, turn Sanders' criticism of what he says is a rigged economy uh, around and say, hey, it's Jews that are rigging the economy. And it doesn't matter whether they're capitalists like, like Bloomberg or socialists like, like Sanders. Just, just the other day, um, I saw somewhere where someone, Rick Wiles, who is somebody that received press credentials from this White House, called the uh, Trump impeachment a Jew coup. Again, a, a way to inflate... Jewish power, Jews' ability to, uh, yeah, screw things up. So the fact that there's always been this Judeo-Bolshevist uh, thing out there, um, if you think that ain't going to come roaring back if Bernie is the Democratic nominee, oh my God. Oh, my God. I don't know. She ends her piece by saying, um, anti-Semitism poses a threat to Democrats. The answer is not to hide from it. When anti-Semitism increases, even non-Jews can't escape it. Just ask Franklin Delano Roosevelt, uh, who was president during the last uh, rise of American anti-Semitism, and was called uh, Rosenstein or Rosenberg or whatever and called a Jew, that he was secretly a Jew or a puppet of his Jewish advisors. Um, and in fact, in 2016, look what happened to Hillary uh, with uh, the Republicans. You remember that thing they put out and there was a Jewish star behind her? She's not a Jew. And then there was pictures of George Soros and other Jews around her. 
The fact is, is in 2016, Republicans were already using these anti-Semitic tropes. If our nominee is a Jew, Katie, bar the door. Okay. Come on in, Ryan. I'll just read this last, because okay. uh, I found no, this no, fascinating. I, I, I just found this fascinating. Americans will need a candidate who can slay this dragon, a leader who understands that the answer to both anti-Semitism and inequality in America is to face them head on. Such a candidate will need supporters who grasp how anti-Semitism works in America, its deep roots, its power to divide, and its strategic role in silencing people. Um. Oh, hi. Hi, hi, Ryan. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Yeah, hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Okay. I know. I, I just want to add to that that um, something I think about uh, at least once a week is um, how little impact, and it, I mean how tragically little impact the Tree of Life shooting had on. Um, stopping anti-semitic um rhetoric right oh no it's increased like and like all these yeah. things and even in even in our area it just hasn't really it hasn't really stopped it hasn't stopped the anti-immigrant stuff at all but i mean those things are linked you know and and it's it it makes me sad every day <laughs> yeah. it makes me uh scared yeah is what it does yeah. for me it really does i mean here we go right here we go yeah Hey, I wanted to um, run by you a, uh, did you see the piece? Oh, that's not it. That's my obit. And not my obit. <laughs> what? Not I'm talking mine. to a ghost. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> you just got it ready. You just got it ready to go. I'm sure you saw it. Oh, of course, yes. Okay, it did. okay. And so I read it. I want to talk there's a about glaring, There's a glaring uh, uh, mistake in the second paragraph, actually. Okay, what know. is it? Uh, let's see. Wait, I, don't, well, I, I haven't seen the print version, so uh, I just want to make sure. It's... Oh, yes. Um, uh, sorry. Um, it says, this is the mistake, just FYI. Uh, it said, Mr. Perdido lobbied unsuccessfully against a local petrochemical plant and is steering his once struggling town to be independent from fossil fuels within 15 years. The second part is, is is factual, but he did not lobby against the cracker plant at all. Uh, he came out after the cracker plant was already okay. being built and has now said he doesn't want more. Anyway, okay, so okay. I'm just going to – That's a small – okay. Right. Bill, some of the reporting, just saying. It's a full page. It's a good article overall. First, first national um, article in yesterday's uh, paper and um, – this photo cracks me up, by the way. I'm sorry. And it does, it does, it is very concerning, uh, right. I think. Because oh, I have it so has, many thoughts on this. I'm so glad you brought this up, by okay. the way. Yeah. It quotes our lieutenant governor, John Fetterman, mm -hmm. uh, who is a progressive, right? Sort of. We can argue about that. Oh, he's, I think he's moved. I think he's moved a little bit to the right. Hey, since, he since, wants to be. Yeah. Since, since, well, so I'm well, just saying. He's, yeah, he's I'm Wolf's just, second in command. He's the right. vice president. I of, agree. Yeah, I agree. He's, and, he's an ambitious politician. Right. Hello. I agree. Yeah. I'm not, I don't have I don't have a lot of you problems know, with I've John. Often I think had, uh, I've often had trouble and he can't stand me. 
He's got, he's got a little bit of a bristly guy, to be perfectly frank. Um, no, he literally walked away from me. At a part. <laughs> I mean, he just gave me a look and walked away. He hates me. I'm just waiting for the day he, uh, okay. he dislikes, uh, disowns me. Okay. Well, he will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, it talks about how Fetterman is, you know, not uh, an enemy of fracking. Right. But how our mayor, Bill Peduto, um, is... But then they go on to say, but they agree on one thing. These two coming from two different places on this subject. And I will read it. They agree on one thing. Any candidate for the president who pledges to ban all fracking would destroy... Uh, the Democrats' hopes of taking right. Pennsylvania. Right, that's their claim. That's the claim. Yeah, but it's coming from two Democrats, right. who pretty much know the terrain, sort of, and who might in fact like these candidates, like uh, Warren and Sanders, and I don't know who right. else who is calling for. A I total think it's ban. just Warren and Sanders. Okay, Warren and Sanders, but. Or at least the ones that have a chance of winning. Yeah. Well, you don't know. So in Pennsylvania... (laughs) I mean, like, Steyer's not going to win. You're talking hundreds... Here's Fetterman. In Pennsylvania, you're talking hundreds of thousands of of related jobs Mm. that would be... Oh, that word. Oh, that word. (laughs) They'd be unemployed overnight. Uh, He says, look, Pennsylvania is is a margin play um, in uh, this, this election. I agree. And an outright ban on fracking ain't a margin play. Right. So he thinks it's crazy. Right. But Dudo, yeah. quote, oh, I have so many thoughts. the Warren Sanders <laughs> ban all fracking now position would, quote, absolutely devastate communities throughout the Rust Belt and would pit environmentalists against workers at a time when Democrats need both. If a candidate comes into this state and tries to sell that policy, they're going to have a hard time winning. Yeah. That should give pause. Yeah. To, I mean, if the idea is to defeat Donald Trump. Right. Okay, so yeah. Okay, so go ahead. I know you want to say a lot of stuff. I think I think it should. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's a totally fair thing for both of those people to say. And I think I think that the power politically that fracking has, especially in the Pittsburgh region, but really in the state of Pennsylvania, is unbelievable. It's huge politically. it's had support. It's only been around for like ten years. Can we just all let's just let's just it doesn't like matter. Take it back. It's only been around matter. for ten years. It doesn't. No, we never heard uh, the word. It's, right, it's, right. It's not steel. Yeah. It's not like this thing where it's like been around. It was like it, it. It had. It had. It had driven the region for for sixty years or something like that. It's ten years that fracking has been around and really. No, steel's been around for over a hundred. Well, that's what I mean, though. Is that like? Yeah, but it doesn't of, matter. Steel's if, gone, and now well, fracking, fracking has even more power than Fetterman steel. Fetterman says we're the Saudi Arabia of natural gas. Right. Right. Well, well, we're actually second to Texas, but um, still. Uh, well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm telling the facts. Okay, I know a lot about this. So one, Fetterman. Fetterman called for a moratorium on fracking when he ran for Senate. Just gonna, I just want to throw that out there. He's since kind of said, um, uh, you know, oh no, I don't, you know, I it was yeah, I was calling for a moratorium because I wanted it to be safe, and now he's no longer calling for that. 
Oh, oh yeah, because it's shown to be so safe now. <laughs> like they're, they're like doing like a cancer uh, study out in Washington County because there's this weird childhood cancer that could possibly be all right, linked all to right, fracking. All right, yes. No, I'm just I just want to I, I want to lay out everything. I want to talk it. about if the Democrats have an anti-fracking a ban it all candidate. Mm-hmm. Will we lose Pennsylvania and consequently have four more years of Donald Trump? That's the only thing I care about. Personally, I don't think their claim has any um, – doesn't have a lot of um, f- factual evidence to back it up. It's a claim that is totally political. There's no deep polls that have been asking about how – exactly how people feel about fracking. If you – if you went to Chester County, if you went to Montgomery County, anti-fracking is huge there, mm-hmm. massive. Mm-hmm. You know, they elected one of the most uh, anti—literally ran on a, just an anti-fracking campaign, flipped a state house seat. You know, I and, just want to give and you so, this. And so that's where—and so also at the same time. At the same time, fracking is a huge thing in Washington County. Western Beaver, Pennsylvania. West Island, it, it's huge, right? Huge. But it's not that big in Erie. Okay. You know, it's yeah, not but, big in Cambria County. Yeah, right? but we're only talking 10,000, 20,000 votes that need to Yeah, but that's, flip. What, that's exactly what I'm saying, though, is that you need to flip back Erie, right? You need to, you need to make margin. You need to make gains in southeastern Pennsylvania, right. you know? But so just, I don't think I, – I am not as on board with what Peduto and, you know, Fetterman are saying that it's a fact. They don't know. You don't think they know the political landscape of Western Pennsylvania or Pennsylvania? No, because... <laughs> what do you mean? One of them won statewide office. In a primary, in a Dem primary, in a Dem primary against one of the most unpopular lieutenant governors that we've ever had. Like, you know, like, and, and he already had name recognition. He won a Dem primary. He did not, he was on the ticket with Wolf. Okay, I just want to, can I... I hope he's not listening. He's going to hate me, but whatever. I'm just Can saying, I go here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the article, the reporter, and you do say this is a good piece of writing. I think it's pretty balanced, yeah, yeah. except for that glaring error. Oh, second paragraph. <laughs> glaring error. That's no big deal. I hope they correct it. He did not lobby. Yeah. Okay, so He didn't, what? though. Okay, okay, fine. <laughs> they go out to lunch at some unnamed Italian restaurant okay. with four, Ooh, no, five labor is. leaders. I wonder where it is. Uh, you know, five, no, la- no five yeah. labor oh, yeah. leaders. My favorites. Well, <laughs> hey, yeah. four of the labor leaders, all Democrats, who said they supported Hillary Clinton. Democrats. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's true. But they said they supported Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. in 2016. Yeah. Well, they said that. Yes. Mm. Four of them said, hey, look, we, we voted with Hil- for Hillary in 2016. Yeah. If Sanders or Warren are the nominees, we'll sit it out or possibly, who knows what, even vote for Trump. If we end up... Unreal. Can I just say that? Unfucking real okay, Let me wait, just wait. say, someone who here's, supports Hillary Clinton, oh, we might vote for Trump. Give me a break. But they did. Break. Uh, People yeah. did. Yeah. James, James Kunz Jr., business manager of the International Union of Operating Engineers, mm-hmm. said, if we end up with a Democratic candidate that supports a fracking ban, I'm going to tell my members 
that they either don't vote or vote for the other guy. Right. And then a fifth, They're holding us hostage. Okay. Then as a, they always do. The oh, building hey, hey, hey. trades union hold us politically yeah. hostage consistently. A fifth, they go, give in to our demands or we're going to do something. Can you believe that? That's unreal. Talk about solidarity. Give me a break. I'm a sorry. I very much dislike these, these, these a uh, fifth, trade union people. A fifth labor leader. Mm-hmm. And this is classic for Western Pennsylvania. Yeah. He's a labor leader, a big union guy. Yeah. He's a registered Democrat. Right. And he said he voted for Trump last time. Oh, uh, so <laughs> and, many of their members yeah, no, did. No, no, no. And they and will it, again. And, and by will the way. do it again. No. He says, oh, he's going to do it again. Doesn't matter if we put up somebody other than. <laughs> right. So, I mean, like when you said Democrats, Democrats. Right. Well, that's what I've been saying since I moved here. Right. I mean, yeah. Many of the Democrats here this are is union people. Who in every way who are look Republican. Out for their, no, for, uh, to be perfectly frank, they're union people in the way they look out for their interest only. They don't even care about growing their union. They don't really care about the union of um, uh, hospital workers. They, they, I'm sorry. They, they, this is just the truth. And yet they have so much sway in our election. Those same leaders lobbied and passed a new law in Pennsylvania. That, that's an that's a E-Verify law against undocumented immigrants in this state, you know, f- you know, for the construction industry. So, so yes, they are labor leaders. They are these things, but those laws, those, those kind of E-Verify laws are just, they're just anti-immigrant laws. They just don't want immigrants to be part of our state and part of our economy. And, and it, it, it's just hard to, um, but don't you it's think, hard to take them okay, seriously okay. because I think they're going to vote for Trump anyway. And I think I, they're going to be, I think they're going to signal to their members, no matter who it is, except maybe if it's Biden, they'll probably go tell their members to vote for Biden. But who, who's to trust that they will vote for Biden? Nobody knows. I, I mean, just because you're a union all. member doesn't right. mean, you, you know, you gotta, to. yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you don't have to. You might say you are, but you, you know how many of them voted for Trump? And, and so what, what I find very interesting here is that the thing that it didn't mention is that Hillary Clinton was pro-fracking. She was very pro-fracking. Didn't win her the election, right? Like, you know, um, I, I, another yeah, thing that— Yeah, she had a lot of other uh, baggage. Totally, but Biden doesn't. You know, like, I just think that, like, I just think that this message— and this is what's so confusing to me about—I I understand Fetterman coming out for it because, one— he is part of the Wolf administration now, and the Wolf administration is extremely pro-fracking. Um, I don't really understand Peduto. He's confusing on this. I don't understand why he felt the need to even bring this up and to say these things. He's doing himself— A reporter asked him. He's doing— Specifically <laughs> asked him. Oh, my gosh. I ask him questions all the time. He doesn't respond. You don't have to respond to a reporter. Well, he must— he, he must, must believe what exactly. he said. But he, that's what's so confusing. He's trying to warn Democrats. This is so confusing. Be careful who you He's hurting hit. his own political future because he's the one that came out and said, I want to transition away right. from fracking. He's basically giving those labor leaders, those other Democrats, huge power to say that, no, fracking needs to stay. It doesn't make any sense. It's totally weird. And so, uh, uh, but again, I just want to get back to this um, idea that I think that... Um, I do think an anti-fracking message could be easily weaponized by Trump, but he's already weaponizing it against Connor Lamb, which is like absurd, um, considering how pro-fracking Connor Lamb is. And so they're always going to weaponize it. I do think it would be a little, obviously, it'd be a little bit more effective. It, it's going to be more effective against uh, Warren or Bernie, who who are saying they're anti-fracking. But for one, 
they don't even have the power to, to actually just ban fracking. That won't happen. They don't have. But the power. voters, you know, voter, it, it matters what they say. And I, on my first day, will do. And you, and you're right. right. I mean, odds are half the things these people say will never. Well, that's what I don't and, and get and about Fetterman saying that stuff. Is that he's saying? Okay. Um, but I mean, okay. So, so it's so confusing is that Fetterman is saying though that that by saying oh it'll it'll kill all these jobs he's saying that Warren or Bernie president would have the power to do so. They don't. <laughs> so it doesn't make any sense. He's giving into the rhetoric of the building trades. Uh, we have a call. Cool. Caller, go ahead, please. Hi, Lynn. This is Jeff from down in Greene County. Hi. Uh, I haven't called you in a while. Yeah. I, I can tell you one thing. Their uh, fracking in some cases is not you know, seen as a favorable favorable thing in in some of the areas like mine. Hmm, interesting. By some people, I think it's I think it, they might be under like Fetterman and 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 Petito might be underestimating you know how people feel about it because uh, there's they've caused a lot of uh, ecological damage around here. Right. Um, they have. Uh, well, there's like one farmer down in Washington County that lost all his his cattle because uh, they had got into some fracking water. Mm. Uh, we've had Ten Mile Creek down here that had uh, some uh, residue uh, of uh, uh, some radioactive residue yeah. in the water for a while. Um, yeah, it it just it keeps going on and on and on and. Um, it, the, and another thing about that is the jobs. The jobs are not necessarily coming from this area. I mean, they're not hiring people here. Right. They're mostly hiring out of state. Right. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's a, there's a little uh, underestimating of the people that are like against fracking in these areas. So. Yeah, but you are in I'm I'm willing to bet though you're in a minority. Well, we don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, is well, that we don't he, know. I, we don't know because there's no polling. There's no there because there's no deep polling on exactly people on exactly how people feel about fracking. Three seats in Jefferson Hills in 2019 were flipped by Democrats strictly running on anti-fracking policies. Same in Franklin Park. These are areas that voted for Trump. So I'm just saying is that we don't know. But here's the thing. Because fracking has had such political power in our state, people like Fetterman and Peduto can just say stuff like that. And people go, yeah, because it's the status quo. Because we, But we don't know. Fracking lies. The fracking industry lies all the time. They said they, that they would create Thousands, tens of thousands of manufacturing jobs just by fracking because of the related industries. The Pittsburgh region since 2009, when fracking came in, has lost 10,000 manufacturing jobs. Where are the manufacturing wow. jobs? And yeah. so what do they say? They say, oh, well, yeah. we're, we'll build a cracker plant. Oh, and then it'll do the plastics thing. But that's st we're still betting on them not lying to us. What happened in Louisiana where they have cracker plants? Well, that's true. These projections of jobs are so inflated. Also, related means like literally like the taco truck that sets up outside a, a building construction site. That's what they mean by related. If that's related, well, every not, single it, it, job is related to every single job. I could say my CP journalism job created 
3,000 related jobs because I go to get a taco once a week. <laughs> it's total garbage. I'm sorry. Like, it's just we, – we, we can't know, but we print this stuff because us as journalists – and I can say this as a journalist who hasn't who, – who, who is still learning about this stuff. We don't know all the facts, so we just listen yeah. to – the politicians, okay. and then we get an environmentalist to to balance the story, but we don't actually know the truth. Okay, caller, anything to add? That's no? about it. Okay, okay. Yeah. thank you. Thanks. Thank you. I appreciate the okay. call. All okay, right. I, I, okay. In, in regard Thanks. to bye. bye, in regard to the number of jobs, um, they do say this. By the way, the economic argument is not simple. Right. Pennsylvania boasts more than 90,000 jobs in wind, solar, energy efficiency, and other clean technology. Yeah, biomass. There's a bunch of Mercer County. That's a ton of jobs. Mm -hmm. By contrast, this is in the article too, about 20,000 people are employed directly in oil and gas jobs. So listen to that. 90,000 jobs in alternative uh, energy, 20,000 directly in oil and gas jobs, but the Department of Labor and Industry says... Wolf's Department. Yes, supports more than 350,000 related jobs. Now, not all of them are not taco trucks. No, of course not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are seriously... Give me the breakdown. Department of Labor and Industry. Give me the breakdown of, of what those jobs are. How you arrive at that number. But yeah, that's the thing I, is that, and so this is like, I think this is more of a political story because the fracking industry truly has just so much power. But also let's let's be a little bit, okay, I'm a cynic, right? Let's be a little bit more cynical towards the fracking industry. They, we know that they only have 20,000 direct jobs, right? But of course they want to build political power in this state. But why? Because we have a ton of fucking natural gas. We have almost infinite like reserves underneath our state. There's so much to Saudi get Saudi Arabia. Right. Yeah. And so they want to tell everybody, well, it's about jobs. Well, it's about economic revitalization. You know? Like, okay. <laughs> but, I mean, they've, they've been in Washington County for almost 10 years now. How's Washington, PA doing? How's, how, how, like, how are these places doing? They... They always say these things, but I, where are the direct results? And I know that, like with the cracker plant, yeah, there are direct results because it's got six thousand, you know, employees that are building this huge thing, and then there are related industries because they need hotels for them to stay at and stuff like that. That I get, but that's only from actual cracker plants. In terms of building uh, wells, what they do is they bring in the employees for a few months, they build a well, and then it basically runs on its own, and then they take all the oil and they and they leave. And like, and then, and then we're left with all of these, you know, consequences of what these wells do, like what they're saying and things. So I do think that there are lots of people who who will be pro fracking, but one, a lot of them are politicians, and the and again, the fracking industry has been brilliant since they came in at currying favor with politicians, Democratic and Republican. They've done an amazing job. They should be commended for that. But. Um, and then, and then other people are the people directly working in the fracking industry. Twenty thousand people, not that many, right? But we don't know what voters actually think 
you know, to those people who are like, man, that fracking well is really annoying, or man, man, my water doesn't work. And well, stuff who like would that. do that polling? Polling costs a lot of money. Who's going to do that polling? <laughs> I've been told by some, you know, insiders that the polling exists and they just haven't released it because it's so bad. <laughs> and so, but they're I, so good at getting these stories that then, cur but then influences us, right? Because we read them. But I'm saying, as a journalist, we do not have all of the facts about okay. exactly how it is. So that's why I'm a little skeptical of that story. But I think it was, you know, it, it, it was better than most. <laughs> Sorry, I have so, so many thoughts. Last time you were here, <laughs> I said, so what do you think of this uh, virus thing? And you said, what virus? Oh, the do you remember? Yeah. Well, you remember it, it, that? That story and just broke, you, okay. All right, it did not. You said, what virus? What virus? Yeah, you know I'm, what I'm, virus I'm, now? Yeah, it's, it's already virus. in I'm one week. Of, it's already all over the globe. I'm sick of these virus stories. I know, I know. Um, you are. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. I know. I just mean generally throughout my life, like yeah, Ebola and all those other but things one that of were supposed gonna, to kill us all and that didn't. One of them's going to get you. I mean, they kill a lot of people. They do. Um, I just want to say for those of you who are getting scared and stuff. Uh, Relax. No, no, no. I'm fine. I'm not scared. No, I know you're not scared. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm scared. I, I tend to be scared because I'm one of the vulnerable population. Okay. I'm elderly. Yeah. And I have uh, asthma, and this is a respiratory uh, thing. Most okay. people die from uh, the respiratory aspect of it. So, for those of you who are like running out, apparently masks, you know, the surgical oh, yeah. masks. Are running out all over the country. You wow. can't find them. And go to the CVS. They're job gone. jobs opportunity there. Mask <laughs> mask 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 manufacturer. So here's a woman who covered the SARS epidemic, who lived in China when that one came out of there, and she says, "Oh, I forgot about SARS." <laughs> Relax about the masks. That's what she says. Having a mask with you makes sense only if you're in a really tight environment like okay. on an airplane that oh, does make yeah. some sense yeah. uh, uh, in a crowded place she said but when you see these pictures of all these Chinese people walking on the sidewalks with masks she said that's nonsense oh, they, I, see. I mean although they just might not take them off yeah um, so she says this viruses are spread through droplets in the air uh, and what are called do you know what a fomite is no well, it turns out it's just whatever, any, it's anything that has been contaminated. Oh, okay. Okay. Hmm, weird. It's got a so word. Fomites. Fomite. Can yeah, be, learn I mean, a new word. Fomites could be definitely oh, microphones. Definitely right here on the microphone. Fomites. Full of fomites. Yeah, your, your phone is unbelievably fometic. Um, <laughs> you made up that word. <laughs> <laughs> and a virus gets on a anything, a shoe, a doorknob, and you touch it, then touch your face. That's the way you get sick. But here's where she tells people to relax. By all indications, SARS was a deadlier virus than this one appears to be. And SARS killed, the kill rate for SARS was 1 in 10. Wow. Which is pretty huge. That's high, really high. SARS was 1 in 10. That's Every, extremely high. Okay, but that's what it was. 10% of those who were infected died. What's the what's the coronavirus? They don't know yet. Oh, I see. So she's just saying, um, 
Yeah, it might be one in 11, so mm-hmm. relax. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. You get a little bit lower percent. Oh, God. It's only 9.1%. And mostly fine. she says the things you do is wash your hands a lot. Mm. Don't go to work if you're sick. I wonder how, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of just in my lifetime. Or my even like uh, uh, a lifetime, which is probably only like I don't know, like twenty, twenty some years, twenty, twenty five years or something. How, how many? How of many? These how many of these scares? Scare. Oh, sorry, sorry, microphone scares. I know Ebola, SARS, uh, bird flu. Oh yeah, bird flu, pig flu. flu. There was like a pig flu one, wasn't what else? there? Oh, mad. Yeah, yeah. Mad yeah, cow. Yeah. Um, Mad cow, yeah. Certainly Ebola. Yeah. We said that. Um, swine. There was a swine flu. Swine flu. Yeah, right. Um, and we're oh, all dead. And, and we're oh, all wait, dead, wait, wait. right? We're all dead. Wait, and there's the killer... Um, killer bees! Oh, my God. Killer bees. Yeah! There were so many stories about killer oh, bees. Oh, and they were coming north. That's right. And I, Africanized yeah. honeybees were yeah. going to kill us all. These Africanized honeybees, because, you know, Africans are angry. Those black people are always angry. And so the Africanized <laughs> bees are really scary. Yeah. They were, like, said uh, to be more aggressive, and they would yeah. just, like, continue to they sting you. They have gangs and stuff. Right. <laughs> Don't go to the Africanized honeybee neighborhood. <laughs> Okay, we're, we're out of time. <laughs> well, that was your public health uh, little tidbit for for today. Okay. Uh, it, was, it was fun. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I learned so much. It's fomite. All... I got to watch out for those fomites. Watch Soon out for be, the fomites. They're just going to be headlines. There's going to be headlines. Fomites everywhere. <laughs> you can be a fomite. Your clothes are fomites. <laughs> Really? So, wow. just saying. Good stuff. Yeah. Mm. Oh, my. Can you imagine the keys of my... Oh I got to be careful. Okay, yeah. I'm closing up the fomites and uh, saying goodbye. Um, we'll have a guest, a respite, the, the first half of the show tomorrow, and because um, it ain't anything heavy, I don't think. And, uh, yeah. well, you don't know. No. Right? <laughs> I'm just thinking about fomites. Whatever. And just remember, the impeachment thing today might be a little bit different. You might want to just check it out. Check it out. Okay? Yeah. See ya. Bye. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.